birthday wishes and tell us when, where and what you usually listen to on Capital. Send it to plus 795-111-1053 via WhatsApp or Viber. The best of the best will join us. And on November 30th, we'll be driving around town in our Capital Mini Coopers, handing out presents and hugs. So catch us if you can and get ready to celebrate with a bang. The latest news now. Moscow's only English-speaking hit music station. Capital FM. News. A Crimean court has arrested all 24 Ukrainian sailors detained on Sunday when Russia seized three Ukrainian vessels off the Crimean coast. The sailors have been arrested for two months until January 25th. On Tuesday, the court arrested the first 12 sailors, including the captain, for trespassing Russian border. Three of the arrested were wounded during the incident. Russia's, Russia accuses Ukraine of illegally entering its territorial waters. Some Ukrainian Navy officers appeared on Russian television admitting to being part of a pre-planned provocation. Experts from the World Anti-Doping Agency are visiting the Moscow Anti-Doping Laboratory to get access to data and athlete-stored samples. The lab has been sealed off for three years due to a federal investigation. A new building of the anti-doping laboratory will soon be opened at Moscow State University. Providing water experts with doping samples is a key condition for reinstating the Russian anti-doping agency. It was declared non-compliant with the BADA code in November 2015 after a doping scandal in Russia's track and field athletics. Moscow's first cable car between Luzhniki Stadium and Sparrow Hills has stopped working just two days after it was launched. According to the company's press service, the failure occurred due to a cyber attack on the server. All the passengers were safely brought down. The cable car company said it had suspended all rides until further notice. Earlier, Moscow authorities said the cable car will be free of charge from noon to 8 p.m. daily until December 24th. About 4,000 people enjoyed a free ride in the cable car on the first day of its launch. The Sober Russia experts have released a list of the most sober countries in the European Union. Greece, Italy and Malta topped the sobriety list, while Estonia, Slovenia and Luxembourg turned out to be the most heavily drinking countries. Estonians consume an average of 15.5 litres of spirits a year, followed by Latvia and the Czech Republic. The most sober countries in the EU are Greece, Italy and Sweden, where people consume over 7 litres of alcohol a year. Earlier, a new government report revealed Russia's most drunken regions, with the far eastern region of Magadan topping the list. The Moscow authorities will set up 60 additional parking lots in the city centre designed for Russian res- for residents only. The mayor's office has received numerous complaints from the locals about the lack of parking spaces near their homes. At present, there are 160 residential parking lots in the capital. Traffic is currently rated 4 out of 10 on Moscow's roads, according to our interactive map. Driving time to Shurimetyva Airport from the city centre is over an hour and 50 minutes getting back into central Moscow. You'll spend an hour and 35 minutes on your way to Demadedeva Airport and over an hour and 15 minutes getting back to central Moscow. Driving time to Vnukova Airport is 1 hour and 15 minutes and an hour getting back to the capital. Weather. 
Plus 9 degrees Celsius in Lisbon, plus 8 in Las Vegas. It's minus 11 degrees Celsius in Moscow. Weather forecasters say Wednesday turned out to be the coldest day of fall. Partly cloudy with occasional snow and minus 6 degrees Celsius expected in the capital tomorrow. That's all the news for now. I'm Karen Rolski in the studio. Don't go away. With Alan Moore. Good evening, listeners, and welcome to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore, your host. I'm not in the studio right now because I'm out at the Erzadeh Arena watching Lokomotiv hopefully pick up their first points of the Champions League campaign against Galatasaray of Turkey. But we do have a terrific show lined up for you tonight. We have Mr. Andrew Flint. He is coming live and loud from two men. We also have uh, Alexander Zotov. He's, well, he's, he's, he's from his car, most likely, or from his office, or from the Russian Football Union offices in Taiganka. And finally, we'll have Andrew McLean with all his tips and dips for the week in football. Okay, starting off right away. Lokomotiv tonight, of course, they are taking on Galatasaray. This is one that they, they, they need a point out of. Uh, we'll discuss that a little bit later on with the guys. Uh, not looking good for, for Yuri Soma, especially after Friday night's Terrible, terrible 2-1 loss against Uri Katarinburg. Of course, that was at home. Now, one little thing we'd just like to have a bit of a chat about because we're, we're giving a bit of a teaser right now what we're going to come up with in next week's show. And I think some of our listeners here in Moscow, in Russia, and abroad as well will like this. Just put this bit of a scenario for you. Your country hasn't been doing too well at a sport. And of course, one guy who has been working in the world of cycling decides, you know, we can do this better. Now, he's been there for many, many years, working at top end as a, let's say, a race commissar. Uh, so, Ben, he's seen all the dirty dealings and so on, but he knows that they're going to be able to do it clean. He starts off, he gets his nation from zero to heroes in a very, very short space of time. Some questionable appointments, of course, with doctors and medicine and so on. But no, well, more of that later. Um... Then he decides, well, let's let's set up a professional team and do it clean. And, of course, they do. Now, the whole time, this man has a consultancy where he speaks with other p- potential team owners or team founders, for example, even one here from Russia, and he, he, he's able to give them advice on who to speak with and what to do. Now, some of the advice on who he suggests they should work with might not be the cleanest of all people. This man, of course, then after his heroic, heroic results uh, for his home country and then the heroic results of a professional cycling team goes up and gets voted up as the head of the world governing body. Nothing to see here. We'll move on. Of course, then the whole thing starts to fall down where uh, records go missing, doctors' laptops get stolen, doctors forget to write down prescriptions and so on and so forth. One doctor then decides he's going to release his autobiography. Another doctor goes off to work with the national football team. Again, nothing to see here. Let's move on. Now, uh, a source who we spoke with and who we'll be uh, bringing next week to the show um, was able to tell us that the man who was the head of this... uh, cycling organization national cycling and then of course the global federation was able to name who was doing what and who's best to go to and at what prices so he had his own consultancy worked out like that of course this man then promoted clean cycling in his own home nation and was one to the forefront of battling the scourge of doping that you know is all too common and all too prevalent in cycling from the top to the bottom uh, especially with amateurs who seem to get popped all the time so, okay, we'll move on very, very quickly. But again, it's something that, you know, it, you know, we, we do speak about and we speak about the evils of it. And especially when you see, you know, um, this past weekend, Ireland wins three major awards in World Rugby. They win Team of the Year, Coach of the Year and Player of the Year. And when you see that Player of the Year who 
normally, um, let's say 20 years ago, would have been, you know, 1 meter 78, 1 meter 80, and around 70 kilos. Now he's weighing in a whopping 85, lean, mean, and uh, very, very good as well. And he has muscles that would make, you know, gym rats just blush. Not just muscles, but also stamina. So there's a lot to talk about, and we will talk about it next week. However, we're going to go straight away to a man who brought up that topic, actually, just a couple of weeks ago about Manchester City and the amazing, fantastically good recovery rate of their players. We have all the way from Siberia, Mr. Andrew Flint. Andrew, how are you doing? Uh, Not too bad, Alan, thanks. How are you doing over there? Cold as it is here, I hope. Um, Well, we had a bit of snow this week, Andrew, but uh, we're surviving, we're surviving. Now, listen, uh, this guy, of course, played last night. We gave the updates a little bit earlier on. Um, But tonight, Lokomotiv, this is a must-win game for them, isn't it? Or at least a must-point game. Well, uh, absolutely. I mean, if if they they can't beat Galatasaray at home, then they they deserve to even get Europa League. And to be quite frank with you, I don't think their performances this season have deserved Europa League even... Um, I mean, beginning of the season, I looked at this group and thought, you know what? Actually, there's an outside chance. It seems relatively even on the surface. But even Schalke, who have been struggling a lot this season, they they were relatively untroubled in Moscow um, a few weeks ago. Um, Galatasaray away, well, that result wasn't exactly what they were hoping for. I think, really, Galatasaray away was where they lost the campaign already, to be honest. Um, Porter, I thought, were way you know way stronger anyway. Um, but tonight, oh god, if if they don't get a win out of this, then I'd say that really is that really is it for them in Europe. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree with you to a large extent that you know they they haven't performed. I disagree that I, I think that the, the group was deceptively good, um, but also that locomotive. Uh, you know, as good as they looked on paper and with the the guys they brought in and so on, they weren't as strong as Galatasaray or Porto. I mean, Porto, of course, are a different class. They were absolutely fabulous. Yeah. Um, the first game, as you said, spot on, away against Galatasaray, that was a that was a tough loss for them because, you know, they, they tried, they went in with their, like, you know, bright-eyed and bushy tail, which just fell apart in the end. Um, Schalke, of course, Schalke are just a, an enigma. Like, they can be brilliant and terrible on the same day and it's just, it's, it doesn't make sense. Um yeah. With the last at the last weekend, because your boys from out in the Euros against Yekaterinburg, um, now I know that you kind of were kind of happy tweeting to me uh, about that. <laughs> but uh, I mean, Oral, for 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 what it's worth, I mean, I, I thought the referee was a bit dodgy, but at the same time, Ural came with a game plan. Lokomotiv didn't, even though Lokomotiv had lots of chances, he just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. I, I gotta be honest. That's the that's the side of local that I'm. I've been surprised at when they perform badly this season. Is is the finishing because you bring in the likes of Fyodor Smolov and uh, you know they have they have experience in Ed Air up front. I don't think he's a, a very good player to be honest with you. Um, but he's he's better quality than most strikers in the in the Russian Premier League. Um, Semin's usually fairly soak up the pressure and hit teams in the second half is usually his mantra but yeah that's the thing with the thing with Oral we, we've not kept a clean sheet all season and our defence is not although it looks like that's the way we set up it's not really to sit back the entire time we use we use our full backs and, uh, and our wingers um, and if Big Falvey can get on the end of something in the box then then, then great um, and th- that finish from Kulikov I have to be honest that was Oh, listen, that, that was like Rakadich. I mean, it was just, it was something so special. I mean, watching it, 
uh, watching mm. the, the strike and so on. I mean, it, it was shocking. I was actually looking out the corner of a door at that moment, just as I saw it. I was doing a report for radio, and I saw the <laughs> ball flying and going, oh, this is it. But, I mean, <clears throat> is it a case now that, that you know, Yuri Shulman has, has shot himself in the foot in terms of getting contract renewal? Because unless they win every single game to the end of the season, and they're not going to win away against Schalke, that, that, that's a given, I believe, um, mm. that you know that he could be forced at the door or that you know he'll be let go at the end of the season they'll name his successor oh, I tell you, it's a tough one really because we've, we've we've sort of broached that subject a few times already this season and somehow he just manages to claw it back again doesn't he yeah um, I mean the, the run of wins I thought had probably at least secured it till the end of the season but um, but even then I, I was saying the, the Arsenal Tula results the, the 3-1 win I felt that was quite indicative of the problems long term because they they struggled and it took them until what was it the seventieth minute I think till they got the the second goal or the yeah. third goal whenever it was um, and Arsenal looked really dangerous I mean Arsenal sort of a side who are only three points above the relegation zone um, and they looked more uncomfortable attacking and in the end they just they just lost out to a few good moments. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're looking at, I'm I mean, sure. like you know, lo- of course, Loco have have the, let's say, the the cup to look forward to. Um, you know, they're, they're playing Rubin at home next Wednesday, this day week. Uh, but I mean, you know, is that is that where they're at right now? I mean, just to sort of, ah, oh, well, like we're going to try and do well in the cup. I mean, because surely, surely, I mean, with the amount of money that they've invested and the amount of effort that they've put in, it just in trying to make it as you you've seen yourself, like a real match day experience of the the highest quality that they should be doing something on the pitch as well. No, absolutely. And I do think it is a credit that um, shouldn't be ignored. The, the experience at Azure de Arena is, is one of the best in the in the Russian Premier League. And that, that's definitely a positive. But I think the concern for me is, you, you look at the three teams above them, I just don't see them um, out, outperforming any of the three above them. I think Krasnodar are, are going to push the need very close. And Fertigat look, um, they look like a team full of energy and ideas and they've even though they've had god knows how many injuries this season every player that's come in has has fitted straight in and i just i know it's only one point difference between them but i, I really don't see locomotive um overtaking to on the table now that leaves them without champions league football so you mentioned the budget i think if they don't make champions league football and at the moment i don't think they will uh, I think Sherman will be in trouble at the end of the season, definitely. Okay, I mean, because you look like they've got uh, Spartak away this weekend, and uh, I mean, that's going to be a terrible one, because if Spartak win, they go level with Lokomotiv on points, and, you know, the you know even though Lokomotiv will still be ahead in terms of goal difference, uh, depending on the scoreline, of course, in the end, but, you know, it, it could end up disastrously leaving Sherman in charge. So, is it a case of just like, well, bite the bullet and get rid of him, because it's not going to be that expensive to pay him off. It'd be better to pay him off now mm-hmm. than to as you say miss out on Champions League football well yes and the other the other advantage I'd say as well would be that you'd give the new guy talking really right now instant after the Galatasaray game then you'd give the new guy um, a game or two the cup game and Orenburg home two relatively comfortable fixtures in the scheme of things um, so that even if the first game is a bit, you know, a bit haphazard, but it's a new manager coming in, it's a bit of breathing space. He's got winter break. Um, it, it's, it's got to be now or, or end of season completely. Um, and I think you're probably right. It would make more sense, even if he does show improved performances um, tonight and at the weekend. 
uh, probably would make sense just to, to, to get him out now, really. Because I, I think his challenge is too great to make Champions League football, and if he doesn't get that, what's the point in having him around anyway? OK, no, that, that, that's a fair point. Listen, going straight away across, uh, so Spartacus, they're, they're playing uh, tomorrow night. Um, should be an easy win against Rapid, shouldn't it? Yeah, it really should be. Um, I think even with the problems they've had, um, they, Rapid Vienna away at home really should be, should be the most winnable game, arguably, I'd say, in that group. Um, losing away was the, was the problem for them, and now it's left that group looking seriously intense. I think it's what, only two points between, um, top and bottom in that group. So, yeah, yeah. this is obviously the game that they have to win, because if they don't, then they're left, um, they're left with a quite a, quite a seriously difficult task I'd say um, I think Rangers may get a point uh, against Villarreal yeah I mean it, um, it is looking at that like so but you, you, you do think though that unless they win tonight then it's going to be very very tough the last game against Villarreal yeah I, I think so I mean the, the, the Villarreal game at home it was uh, I mean a ridiculous high intensity game that you can't really replicate the, the, the last 15 10 15 minutes where just running on pure adrenaline you yeah. can't replicate that away from home realistically Villarreal are, are a very good side um, so I not write off that but I'd write off expecting a win away in Spain um, and if you do that anything other than a win tonight would be I'd say well disastrous if you were Massimo Carrera okay um, as Ole Kononov may just may just survive a little bit longer <laughs> <laughs> well we'll see about that ok well look uh, before we only get a couple minutes left but I need to ask you a terrible result for United the weekend nil-nil with Crystal Palace um, you know you, you, you are looking for Mourinho to, to get his marching orders oh just Ed, whatever it takes to get rid of him I've been saying this for a while and the worst part was when we had a couple of half decent performances the events away um coming back to win at home against Newcastle. I mean, that's how desperate we are. Coming back from behind to beat Newcastle at home was a morale boost. That's just that's just awful. And that it gave him a stay of execution. Anything, literally anything. I, I'm at that point where I want my club to fail just to get rid of him. And that's only the first step. It's a huge operation. But is that, is, is that fair though, project. Andrew? I mean, I, I know it's not with the board, but I mean, with the manager, I mean, look at, look at his body of work in the game. I mean, you know, and I mean... You can, you know, he, he, you can only do so much with what you have, and he doesn't have that great of a kind of, a, let's say, a, well, a, a, a box of tricks. Well, I mean, I've, I've, I've tried to believe in him for as long as I could, but I, I just don't buy into the whole, his, his failure at the moment is down to the lack of play. He still has an absolutely world-class squad with the exception of the defence. Now, I admit that is a fairly fairly important part but I mean I don't know I just I don't a small Chris Smalling is, is a disaster waiting to happen but Victor Lindelof has to be fair had an improved run of form he's a he's an international class defender Eric Bailly if he's fit is potentially world class as well um, I mean I, oh, I don't know the point my point is that even if the defence is rubbish we should be attacking teams rather than defending against them even if the defence is good I yeah, mean attack but is the best form of defence yeah you know? but that, that, that's looking back to the good old days when you know United had the, yeah, the pick of all the best players but you're looking at the players now looking towards Liverpool towards Man City you know like United are being relatively fiscally responsible and this morning there was a report well of course most likely by Pogba's agent that there's going to be Inter Milan look to put a, a 200 million euro deal plus players to get Pogba across to Milan so I mean in that sense Mourinho's doing well that he's going to make a bit of money for United 
if that deal came off, um, and assuming the player we get is of reasonable quality, I, I would, I, I would jump at the chance. And I, I, again, I've tried to defend Pogba a lot, but I don't think the majority of the problem is his, but I just don't think as things stand, I expect Mourinho to stay. I don't want him to, but I expect him to. And if he does, I just don't think he's going to get the best out of Pogba. He's not going to use his energy to trip to mould the team around Pogba. And if that's not going to happen, then there's not much point having a very expensive player there. Um, I would give them Alexis Sanchez for free as well um, while we're at it. Um, <laughs> get a decent player in and and just I'll almost write off this season. Okay. Write off this season and use it to rebuild. All right. Andrew Flint and Ronnie Dog Football, some fairly strong opinions there. Well, I'm not sure if I agree with all of them, but you're, you're, you make a very good point. Listen, thank you very much, Andrew. Have a great time and stay warm out there, OK? Cheers. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Lovely. Andrew. OK, that was Andrew Flint of Ronnie Dog Football, uh, our man out in Siberia. Uh, we're going to go out to the break right now. We'll come back with Alexander Zotter. We're going to play out with the script and Hall of Fame. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Yeah, you can be the greatest. You can be the best. You can be the King Kong banging on your chest. You can beat the world. You can beat the war. You can talk to God, go banging on his door. You can throw your hands up. You can beat the clock. You can move a mountain. You can break rocks. You can be a master. Don't wait for luck. Dedicate yourself and you go find yourself. You can run the mile You can walk straight through hell with a smile You can be the hero Get the gold Breaking over, make the sleep I never could be broke Yeah, do it for your people Do it for your pride You're never gonna know if you never even try Do it for your country Do it for your name Cause there's gonna be a day when you're
Capital Commercial. Квартира с отделкой в Новой Москве. Жилой комплекс Южная Бунина от группы компаний МИЦ. Ищите нас по запросу Южная Бунина или звоните 495-152-0505. ООО «Московский ипотечный центр МИЦ». Проектная декларация на сайте www.mitsdefizbunina.ru Тысячи блинов нужно испечь, чтобы стать мастером блинопеком в теремке. И всего один нужно попробовать, чтобы его полюбить. Ведь домашний вкус, как настоящую любовь, ни с чем не спутаешь. Теремок. Вкусная работа в Москве. Наступает время создавать новое. Время оттачивать свое мастерство. Быть безупречным в деталях. Лучшими слушаниями. Дрос. Гарантия совершенства. Информация по телефону 8 800 249 49 и на сайте www.instrument.ru. With Alan Moore. Welcome back to part two of Kappa Sports on this Wednesday evening. Uh, you'll have heard a little bit of an update, I'm, I'm sure, uh, how Lokomotiv are doing right now because we are at the stadium, so we can't be with you here in the studio live. Okay, we're going to go in just a minute to Alexander Zotov, of course, who is the CEO of the All-Russian Football Players Union and, of course, he's a member of the Executive Committee of the Russian Football Union. A big report came out uh, yesterday about from PwC and the Russian Football Premier League, just having a look at, you know, how the uh, league is developing and so on, especially the financial aspects. It does look a little bit like they're, they're kind of wearing rose-tinted glasses as they were doing it, but... Uh, Let's just see. One message we had in uh, since our last show was about rugby. And um, someone wrote in saying that uh, even... Okay, so it was Jacob. And Jacob was writing in from Ireland. It's not Jacob Stockdale, that's for sure, who plays for Ireland. Uh, so Jacob wrote in and said that even though he felt that we were a bit, being a bit of spoil sports over the uh, All Blacks win that, that Ireland had, uh, he said that it's good that at least we try to bring it up and that there is an issue around some sort of uh, performance enhancement in rugby. He said he's played rugby for many, many years. He had to give up through injuries. And he said that now he's coaching schools and he said he's seen young players getting bigger than ever before. So he said it makes him nervous and that he would never let his own kids, he's got, uh, I think he's got two boys or a boy and a girl, uh, that, uh, and they're very, very little. He said he would never let them play rugby because of the, um, he said now from being a collision sport is now an impact sport and he said it's a disaster waiting to happen. He said, think of the NFL 20 years ago. He said, this is rugby in five years' time. Okay, well, Jacob, thanks for that feedback and it's good to have uh, that uh, coming back in. Just to, to, to hear, you know, if we're doing the right thing or saying the right thing. So thank you for that feedback. Okay, right. We're going to go right away, all the way. I don't know where he is. I'll ask him where he is. Uh, to a very, very good friend of the show, uh, Mr. Alexander Zotov. Alexander, how are you doing? Oh, Alexander, we've lost Alexander. Well, we're going to get back in just one second. So our producer, Sasha, he's going to just call him back. So Alexander and Alexander, we're going to get back on. Right. One more small request that we had in uh, from someone who was asking about what was the song we played uh, last week at the end of the show. We said it was Roy Keane's song. Well, of course, that song was by the Frankel Walters. And after all, it was a, it's a nice love song. And if you look in YouTube, Franklin Wal Walters, after all... And then there's kind of, it's uh, called The Young Offenders. It's a comedy show from Ireland. If you have a look at that and the video that they have of it, basically a bus has been hijacked by a, a killer and he basically sings this song to everybody on the bus. So it's a, it, it's, it's quite a good one. Okay, we do now have Alexander Zatov back on the line. Alexander, how are you doing? 
I'm great. How are you? Good. I thought the FSB were cutting off your your line there. You wouldn't let, they wouldn't let you speak to us. Uh, do you think that was them? <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> Things are getting worse. I tell you, <laughs> they're clamping down. It's. It's not you. It's me. It's definitely me here. So that's the problem. <laughs> 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 I just wanted. Maybe it was my cat. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it could have been your cat on the phone. There you go. Pull out the lead sure. out of the wall. Um, sure. listen, I, I want to start off and ask you. Um, I'm not going to start off the Vikings or sorry the Redskins even because I don't want to sort of depress you right away. I want to ask you about that. There was um, on Friday night. Uh, the locomotive Oral game. The referee, in my opinion, he, he started off quite well. He was very, very even. And then as the game wore on, he seemed to sort of go against uh, locomotive. Now, in fairness, the penalty was a penalty. He Most things did well. But then at the end of the game, after you know quite a number of substitutions and stoppages, even for the penalty, he had it on one minute of injury time. Yeah. And yeah. it looked very strange. Um, now, I, I don't think there's any corruption involved or anything like that but you know then looking at the game uh, Spartak game on Sunday that really came across strange I mean what was going on there? Yeah a lot of a lot of talks about well also about the first game that you mentioned with Loco and uh, about Spartak there's you know a lot of uh, emotions and you know the, 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 the development director of Kuli uh, Savetov uh, went to uh, to the referees to talk to them and it's uh, well I mean Obviously, I thought that there was a penalty in that game, but uh, referees do make mistakes. I I, uh, I don't like when they do that, but it, it again raises the question of introducing uh, video uh, video uh, replays for for referees, you know, and the, the large system in, in Russian football. Because I mean, unfortunately, there are quite a few mistakes, and that that lead to to the result of games being uh, you know altered by these mistakes so that's that's not a good thing and, and the issue of uh, referees always comes up you know year after year I don't I think it's an overall issue everywhere you know there there uh, I hear there are scandals everywhere with referees but but uh, maybe the video system even though it will slow the game down a bit but still uh, probably uh, it's a good solution I mean I'm I'm, I'm looking at this because uh, we'll bring up a moment the um the PwC report and it says like today so good news after today tomorrow from scandalous news to historical no predigenous historical uh, well well historical news shall we say or proposals um you know, is it is? I mean, I'm I'm not against um, you know video replays. I mean, they they work well in rugby, work in ice hockey, work in American football and basketball. But you know, is it kind of like undercutting the the referees to to want to bring that in? Because I mean, mistakes are human. Like the error is human. But sometimes, yeah, but, uh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I'm sorry for interrupting. But you know, you've mentioned sports like hockey and and. Uh, and American football, American football, out of these, uh, the basketball, so out of these, it's played on a, on a big pitch. And so is, uh, so is European football or football. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, 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 I think it's quite hard. You know, there are quite a number of players on the pitch also. So it's sometimes quite hard to, even for, uh, three referees, uh, the, the lines and, and the, the main one to, to to see some 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 things happen on the on the pitch, so you know, like a penalty or uh, you know some uh, dives by a player or something like that. But so it's I think it's a, it's a good solution actually. Too many mistakes. 
I mean, what, what what would you reckon, say for diving, I mean, it's something that really sickens me because, like, I mean, you would have grown up with it as well, same as myself, where to dive was just to be the lowest of the low. Embarrassing, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's embarrassing. Would you see players, you know, diving, throwing themselves on the ground, um, something that is, for me, it's an anomaly. I just can't understand it. But can that not be better punished, say, afterwards? Like, you know, where, like, when they review it, they look at it and then they ban the guy for... You know, a month or something like that. Would that instead of holding up the game for something like that? Because maybe, you know, just to look at say goal line technology will work. But you think VAR in general is is better to use? Well, I'm not saying that you should use it every five minutes of the game, but <laughs> but for some episodes where, where really you see there's a different point of view for players or or, or your linesman, you have to make the decision. I'm talking from the point of view of the, of the main referee. So, um, you know, if you if you feel there's you're not, not certain in some episode that you just uh, you know you have to make a decision on, it's a good thing, you know. But again, if it's used you know, once, twice a game, but not every five minutes. No, that's fair enough. No, that, that is fair enough. Maybe like in American football, like, you know, you, you have it like charged as a timeout. You know, we don't have timeouts, of course, in football, but you can use it in that way as well, like to have one or two calls in a half or something, one call in a half. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, it's just a, some way around it. Alexander, um, in, in terms of uh, the... Uh, what. With this PwC report, I know it's only just like fresh out. Have you had a chance to anything jump out at you about that? Yeah, I, do. I had a look at it. I didn't read it thoroughly yet, but still, some 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 things that pop out of the report, you can obviously see them, <laughs> and uh, we can see that the the, the 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 clubs are again in the in the minus territory with uh, with the money they're making, and uh, but. Uh, there are bright things like like uh, the increase, which is, was obvious, the increase of, of people coming to the stadiums because the you know, stadiums eventually open for the World Cup and uh, people started to enjoy a uh, better atmosphere on the stadium, you know, with uh, more comfortable and uh, that's good. And clubs probably have to learn how to make more money out of it, you know, with, with so many people coming. So uh, it's, it's, it's good and bad in both ways, but uh, I mean, for me, it's nothing new because I uh, I live in it and I'm working in it, so uh, I understand what's happening in our football. Okay, uh, I mean, it, it's something you know, you're in contact with day to day. Do you think that it will... This is this is going to improve. I mean, will will like say when the spring comes back in that there'll be more people come to the stadiums? Well, it depends because you said you mentioned the scandals. You know, the, the more scandals we have, uh, different kind around the football. I think the less people want to be involved in uh, in it. So, uh, a lot of people came who didn't like. A lot of ladies came for for the World Cup, you know, for instance, and started to enjoy football. So, if you work on this and you you you, you you know, try to really create a product, an interesting product with less scandals and more, uh, you know, more uh, emotion and passion in the game and more more positive news, then, then probably you can make more money out of it. But still, you know, clubs have to work around it. The league has to work around this, you know, much more and more more enthusiastically, in my in my understanding. Okay, no, that, that's fair enough. Listen, I want to move on uh, slightly further afield down to South America. Alan, yeah, sure? that, the, the, the Copa Libertadores, that absolute madness that went on in Argentina. Um, yeah. You know, how, how dangerous was that for players alone? I mean, because that just looked absolutely horrific. Well, as I understand it, I've never been to Argentina, but it, which is a dream for me, but... Um, 
uh, I have friends there, and one of my friends said that you know it's, you you better leave the stadium ten fifteen minutes before the end of the game because it's always dangerous and uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's quite a quite an experience to go to the stadium in Argentina. So uh, something probably not always in the news from there, but this episode uh, specifically, it's you know it's uh, because this is like. Champions League of, of the South America and it's, the, the final game was uh, postponed and then basically postponed for some not, not known time. I don't know if they have set yet the date. For, no, for nothing the, yet, uh, nothing yet, Alexander. Nothing's come out yeah. yet. Yeah. So this is crazy. I mean, this is crazy and this is something that has to be stopped, you know, definitely. And then, you know, these, these, uh, kind of fans have to be contained because you you cannot risk the lives uh, uh, risk the lives uh, of football players they're they're playing the game they they cannot be uh, you know targets of some crazy idiots and uh, when you see that their windows being shattered in the bus and you have guys with uh, glasses in their eyes i mean the, the, the shards of glasses in their eyes you know it's it's really it's really crazy and scary and i think uh, the police have to, has to work uh, more seriously during such games and when they know uh, precisely what will happen because I don't think this was news for, for uh, local fans in Argentina I mean they as I said they, they have uh, a massive atmosphere around stadiums and within, inside stadiums and that's known so I think uh, that's something that uh, the police has to work more seriously on I mean, I know at the Bomboniera, uh, it's called the, the Candy Box, which is the home of uh, Boca Juniors. They had forty thousand mm-hmm. people come for the training session, like into the stadium, and they were going crazy. Yeah, yeah it's a religion there. Yeah, it's a religion. Uh, football is really very, very big part of uh, lives in South America and in Argentina specifically. So, I mean, it's something, something part of their culture, which is much more bigger, I think, than in, in Russia or in many countries of Europe. Uh, I don't know. Not, I don't even know what to compare to. I mean, maybe Turkey, something like that. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, no, no, I'm, I, I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big, big, big part of, of somebody. I mean, of their culture and their lives. So, so you cannot take football away, but you have to make it more safer. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Listen, talk about uh, taking football away. Uh, it wasn't a happy Thanksgiving for the Redskins going down 33-21 to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now you're still you in the hunt. Seem to be enjoying this. I I'm, mean, not, I'm not. You sound. You sound very happy. <laughs> I'm laughing. I'm laughing. At, laughing out of sadness. Laughing. Um, <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> I'm and you're laughing. I'm sorry. I mean, you. You. But you should be happy. I mean, not. A, not the way it's that thing. Like it's not enough that I should win, but that my enemy should just be destroyed. I think it was Genghis Khan said that. Uh, I mean, look at the 49ers. They're two and nine right now. You guys are six and five. You have a chance to put it right this weekend against the five and six Philadelphia Eagles, and to get back into at least a wild card uh, position. Um, you know, the Redskins, I mean, they've been up and down all season, but they're so talented. Of course, they lost the quarterback and so on. Like, I mean, they've, they've injuries and so on, but that is a very, very good team. And, you know, I was shocked with the loss against Dallas because I don't think Dallas are better than Washington. I think it's just it's just on the day. Yeah, we beat them in the previous game, so I was expecting that it will be a win. So, um I cannot say anything. I mean, it's a, it is a talented team, and as I mentioned before, they have a very good defensive line. I think they have to work more uh, on on the offensive one. And uh, unfortunately, it's again an up and down season. Uh, it started really good, but 
two consecutive uh, losses, uh, two, two, two in a row is too much. And um, We'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm still high hopes. I, I'm not saying that we have a Super Bowl team yet, but we're on the way, I think. Okay, because that that game, of course, against Philadelphia will be in the Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia. That's uh, kicking off at 4.15 in the morning on Tuesday. Alexander, thank you so, so much for your time. Wish you a brilliant, brilliant evening. Thanks very much. Yeah, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Alexander Zotov, the CEO of the All-Russian Football Players Union and, of course, a member of the Executive Committee of the Russian Football Union who, of course, has been very much to the forefront in fighting against discrimination and racism and, of course, fighting for the betterment of Russian footballers and football in general here. So, uh, okay, we're going to go to a break for the end of part two. We're going to go with uh, Diplo and welcome to the part. We'll be back after this. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. We on fire. Step up in the party. Step up in the party. Ha, ha. We on fire. Right up to the party. Right up to the party. Ha, ha. Hey. Hey. Welcome to the party. На территории Новой Москвы от группы компаний МИЦ. Ищите нас по запросу Клиновые аллеи или звоните 495 106 23 22.
ООО «Московский ипотечный центр МИЦ». Проектная декларация на сайте www.klendefisallei.ru Бытовые вакуумные упаковщики «Касса» продлевают срок хранения продуктов до пяти раз. Защищают продукты от морозного ожога. Экономят ваши деньги. Двойной запаечный шов. Съемная вакуумная камера. Импульсный режим. Более 10 моделей в ассортименте. Официальный представитель «Касса» в России – компания «Комфорт Макс». Телефон 495-921-0288. Наступает время создавать новое. Время оттачивать свое мастерство. Быть безупречным в деталях. Лучшим из лучших. Гроз. Гарантия совершенства. Информация по телефону. 8 800 249 49 8 800 249 49 и на сайте www.instrument.ru Оптовый поставщик Мир Инструмента With Alan Moore. Okay, welcome back to the party here on Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I'm Alan Moore. This is our last segment, sadly, for tonight. Uh, and we will, we will, however, be uh, speaking in just a minute with Mr. Andy McLean, who is driving at the moment. So, of course, fingers crossed that as we're speaking to you, Locomotive are now 6-0 up by halftime. It looks unlikely, but let's see what's going to happen. All right. Uh, we had another message, of course, in... Uh, it was actually just before we, we started recording the show. Uh, it came in all the way from Moscow, from downtown in Moscow. So it was Sergei. Sergei sent in a message like you know, he enjoys our show. Uh, however, he'd like to hear a little bit more about English football. Okay, Sergei, we will solve that for next week. We did have a chat with um, uh, with uh, Andrew Flint about it, but we will have a little bit more of a chat with uh, Andy McLean about it today, just to, to sort you out and next week we'll have a little bit more okay right we're going to go right away to uh our man he's he's driving as i said so mr andy mclean how are you doing very well but just for the authorities i'm i'm, I'm not actually i i have pulled safely to the side of the road okay that, <laughs> where, where there's a no parking sign that's okay don't worry if, if we're if, if, if you're getting evacuated if you've been lifted up into the back of a truck then we'll we'll know we hear the beep 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 um andy listen uh last friday evening that was an awful result for locomotive now we're speaking earlier on with andrew flint about it but i mean that was that was the piss for local wasn't it losing at home to oral yeah, I mean, Oral have actually been doing quite... That's them, I think, just a couple of points behind uh, the chasing pack now, really. Um, but as you said, not not a great result when they really could have kicked on, especially with a few teams dropping points. Obviously, Zenit have now extended and are looking very good. But Locomotive, it was an opportunity to, to nail down the, a, a marker alongside Krasnodar for, for, for going for Champions League football. And, um, yeah, having taken the lead... Not so good. Okay, now, uh, tomorrow night Spartak are home against Rapid Vienna. Uh, it does look like you're going to get a win on that and hopefully put a nail into Rangers' coffin, which will make you quite happy. Um, but, you know, you know Sp- Spartak got, got away with it on Sunday. I mean, they got a bit of a let-off against uh, Samara. Yeah, it was a very easy goal that they um, that they conceded, but at least I, I think they made the right changes at the right time and, and eventually got the result that they... They need, as, as we predicted last week on the show, it was yeah. uh, both teams to score and, and in the end a comfortable win, but they made it far too difficult for themselves. In terms of Rapid, <laughs> Rapid Vienna have been having a very poor season and on paper they should be too good for them, but you, you just never know with Spartak whether they're actually going to turn up and have their head in the right place when, when the whistle goes. I mean, like look at looking at it, uh, you know, 
looking to say do, do your game that group are Villarreal and Rangers I mean you're looking at Villarreal to win that um, so then it all comes down then to Villarreal and Spartak as to who goes through because it, it does look like Rangers are going to get the better of uh, Rapid in the final game of the group I think so but Villarreal themselves have, haven't had a great season it, it seems to be a, on, on paper at the beginning it looked like a really interesting and strong group uh, but as it's panned out it seems that all the teams have have had a, a cagey start to the season starting to turn things around a little bit but um, yeah I mean you, you'd expect Villarreal to get a result Rangers obviously did very well to get a draw um, in Spain uh, in round one so you never know this this group could still throw up a, a, a big surprise and we could end up with just about any of them qualifying but I think Rapid would be the ones you would expect to, to finish bottom of the pile That's fair enough Listen, uh, just quickly looking back at Russian Premier League this past weekend Ahmad losing at home to uh, Tsiska of course we, we covered that on Friday night um, with uh, Nicky Stay um, <clears throat> that, like, you know, that, 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 that was good for Tsiska they're, they're back up or third place in the table Dino Moscow losing 2-1 at home to the NSA you did mark that out that it might be a bit of a disaster for Dinamo. Yeah, I, I just had a had a feeling that Yenisei had time to regroup. They'd been doing okay against a few clubs. Certainly, I remember the game against Spartak, where Spartak actually struggled to to break them down and get the goals that they needed, and Yenisei snatched one and, and made a game of it. And as soon as a team like that goes in front, they're going to make it very, very difficult for you to get back into the game. Yeah, that's true. I mean, as you said, you know, they have time to regroup through the, the international break. They, you know, they want to try and put some points on the board because even still, they've only got nine points on the board. They've scored as many goals as points as they have. Uh, they're five points away from any chance of safety. They're seven points behind Dinamo. But that's looking not great for Dinamo now. They're being dragged down uh, into that relegation battle. Uh, you know, Krilia, uh, you know, Samara behind them, Ufa and Anji, but they're only two points behind. Yeah, it's been a strange one for Dynamo because a few, the, the few times I've watched them this season, I've been quite impressed with the style of play, what they're trying to do on the pitch. Uh, but it, perhaps it just doesn't really fit with the players. And the be-all and end-all of it is it doesn't matter how much possession you have, what tactics you use, you need to get points on the board. And as you say, the NSA have scored as many goals as they've got points. But that's all that matters in the end. That's true. And accumulate those you've got a chance of staying up. Dinamo need to start playing playing some gritty football and, and making sure that they're not getting beat at this moment in time rather than perhaps looking to push on for victories and just make, make themselves a difficult place to go again. OK, now coming up this weekend, we'll have a look ahead, of course, to the Russian Premier League. Uh, some interesting matches, of course. We had the big Moscow Derby um, with uh, between Lokomotiv and Spartak. That, of course, is out at the Spartak Arena uh, at 7 o'clock on Sunday. Uh, Dino, they're away in Kazanigas Rubin. That's on Friday evening, kicking off at 7.30. And the other big one for the Moscow clubs, Ross, uh, Siskai Way and Rostov. Not an easy one on Sunday afternoon at 4.30. Um, you have to fancy Spartak to, to beat Lokomotiv I mean and you know because it, Lokomotiv they're, they're so up and down and it depends on what they, what, what they have left after after tonight's game yeah and also obviously what Spartak have left after after tomorrow night's game but as you say going into going into the weekend it, it, it could be a confidence booster or not depending on the results this evening and tomorrow Spartak might just be favourites just because they have home advantage. But Lokomotiv have thrown up shots where they haven't been in the game for large spells, for example, against CSKA, CSKA, and they snuck a victory just because they were more clinical. 
And at times this season, they haven't really been creating a lot of chances in games. But when those chances are dropping the likes of Farfan or the Moranchuk brothers, they seem to be taking them in the league anyway. OK. Uh, what, what have you got picked out for, for this weekend uh, in the Russian Premier League? I think that, that, that catches your eye. Um, I think with CSK uh, having um, an earlier game this week and at home to Pilsen, I fancy them to beat Pilsen and I think they'll continue that run onto Rostov. Um, and I'm going to go for both teams to score in that game as well because Rostov have started now to struggle to keep clean sheets, which they had been so formidable at doing in the early stage of the season. And I think Carpin's now having to rejig and rethink about where goals are starting to come from because they are conceding. Okay. So, CSK home win, both teams to score. Okay, that's fair enough. All right. Um, now, looking across to England, because uh, we've been asked to have a bit more of a look at the English games. So, you know, uh, Wolves went down again, 2 uh, 0 at home, uh, of course, against uh, Huddersfield. Uh, that Man United uh, Crystal Palace, that was a, a snore draw. So, did the fans not turning up in draws even against the game against Young Boys? Liverpool winning 3 0 away against Watford. West Ham getting trounced by Man City 4 0 at home. And uh, Spurs winning 3 1 at home against Chelsea. Arsenal winning 2 1 away to Bournemouth. But, you know, Man City, they're, they're stretching their legs at the top of the table. Even though Liverpool are trying to keep pace, but it, it does look like Man City have that bit of an edge, don't they? Yeah, we, we, we were discussing this game uh, last week. Um, just West Ham on that pitch, we were discussing maybe a 1-2-0 or two nil for Man City and then thinking about it with the width and the space that they get and the speed that they play at, we then realised that it was probably likely going to be three or four goals that Man City were going to get. The, perhaps the shock was that West Ham didn't really, um, didn't really give any oomph in terms of or, or make a game of it, getting a goal and trying to get back in it. But yeah, um, just incredible the ease that Man City, obviously there's a lot of preparation and training that goes into it and years of getting the players to adapt to, to Pep Guardiola's style or whatever else is going on back there. <laughs> let's, leave, let's park that behind the bus, okay? Uh, listen, uh, a huge week of English football next week because there's games pretty much every day bar Monday. So uh, starting off, okay, Friday night is a game, uh, Cardiff and Wolves, but a, a, a decent one a, a very very decent one uh, Southampton at home against Man United and then of course on Sunday uh, kicking off at 5 o'clock on uh, Moscow time you have Arsenal Spurs in the in the uh, London Derby and then Liverpool Everton in the Merseyside Derby that's at 7.15 so I mean those two games on Sunday they really are ones to watch aren't they? Yeah that um, you hear Super Sunday being thrown about all the time these days but this weekend's fixtures two great derbies Spurs obviously were very very impressive against Chelsea I was, I was actually quite surprised how fluid um, and just picking out the flaws in, in Sari's team even even he openly admitted that you know he was aware of these but he didn't think they were that blindingly obvious to, to be taken advantage of and Arsenal have been so consistent at just churning out results that'll be that'll be a really great game Everton have been sneaking in the points, but I have to say Liverpool's 3-0 win at Watford, they just keep impressing me each week. When you think maybe that they've hit a little bit of a patch where they're, they're not performing, but they're getting results, and then all of a sudden they sort of blow you away again. So yeah, yeah two, 
two really cracking fixtures. Okay, looking ahead then uh, on Wednesday, of course, there's uh, fixtures on Tuesday and Wednesday, but a big one that just jumps out at me right away at 11 o'clock Moscow time, that is Man United and Arsenal. So, I mean, that's, you know, that, 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 that could be, uh, um, let's say, uh, a low watermark for Mourinho, or it could be just a kind of maybe a turning point. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any uh, battles of buffets or pizzas being slung around this time around, but um, it's still a very, very important game for both sides, and they need to make sure that I think they don't lose it, really. Uh, for Mourinho, after the Palace draw, I think he needs three points on the board for the next sort of three or four consecutive games to really make sure that his position's safe. Um, in terms of Unai Emery, he seems to be able to, to sort of do no wrong at the moment, Um so yeah, real real challenge for, for both of them tactically to see how they approach it. Um, I think I'd be edging towards a draw there. Okay, fair enough. All right, so you're looking for a draw for the Man United. That's on Wednesday, December 5th. Man United and Arsenal. Anything else in the English League that picks your fancy? Um, Liverpool-Everton games normally turn out goals. Okay. Um, and, and yellow cards. So for that game specifically, I'd be looking for um, both teams to score and over 3.5 bookings. Okay, over 3.5 uh, cards and both teams to score. That's a good one. Okay, that, of course, is on Sunday, kicking off at 7.15. Andy, quick before we let you go and before we head away for the night, um, Mick McCarthy has come back as manager of the Irish team. Looks like he could have Robbie Keane as his sidekick and uh, the Dundalk manager is going to double job uh, and he's going to be the head of the Irish 21s but in two years time he's going to take over the Irish senior team is that good or bad business for, for, for uh, Ireland? It's an interesting one because Ipswich felt that Mick McCarthy had taken them as far as they were going to go this season he's left and they've realised that going as far as Mick McCarthy could take them was probably about as good as they were going to do um, in terms of mid-table mediocrity. Um, Paul Lambert seems to have come in and sort of made the, the camp feel a bit of a buzz again, but I don't think you can really underestimate the job that Mick McCarthy did there with a side that was constantly changing. It'll be interesting to see whether he can do that with a side where he has to G the players up all over again. Um, and obviously he's limited to not being able to bring bringing anyone in. Um, it's a difficult one, but obviously, tactically he's astute. He's been doing this with Ipswich for years in terms of setting up, setting up a team to be hard to beat, having a few pacey players to counter-attack. So it could work well. I mean, um, and I think, I think Robbie Keane in and around the squad's experience, someone who has applied his trade and supported every club from since he was a boy all around the world uh, whether it be Inter Milan Spurs Liverpool I mean that kind of experience in an international camp is invaluable for young players especially those that have been applying the trade only in Ireland so far to go in and learn from someone like that um, will be invaluable for them and hopefully the Republic of Ireland can take that take that on and start getting results again like the nights that Martin O'Neill had against Germany, for example. No, it's fair enough. No, that, that is a good point. It's something that like, people have been losing and they're, they're looking to attack the FAI and saying, oh, because John Delaney's this, John Delaney's that. And it's very, very funny where with Philip Brown, who's the head of the Irish Rugby Football Union, uh, compared to John Delaney, who's the head of the Irish the Football Association of Ireland, um, they're just saying, oh, Philip Brown doesn't go drinking. He may come for one drink and he's, he's, a, he's a good guy. And look how successful the Irish rugby team is. And I'm thinking, yeah, but he's also overseen the growth of 
players, as in physical growth, whereas John Delaney's just like, you know, at least getting Ireland to one out of every two big international shows. So, you know, I, I, I guess in one way, is it is it forward, good forward playing to have like an Irish based coach as a 21 who will take over in two years time is that like kind of a, a German model maybe I, I, I think it is a good idea because I don't think Mick McCarthy's knowledge of the Irish League is going to be particularly good so therefore in terms of blooding new players in seeing the, the, the ones that might make it to that sort of level I think it is a good idea because Mick McCarthy has traditionally always gone with more experienced players However, the last few years, he's, he's been forced into playing some young players at, at, at and he's, he's done it fairly successfully, whether they be on loan or not. So I think it's a good plan. Um, currently, it, it still feels like it's short-term rather than long-term, but time will tell whether this project really starts to, to, to bring through a couple of those young players that might make it to that level. Excellent. Listen, and Andrew McLean, thank you very much. We'll see you back in the studio very, very soon. And uh, have a have a great evening. Take care of your driving. <laughs> I'm still parked, of oh, course. Good, 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 good.